Welcome to Screen Quest, a podcast where a fellowship of film lovers and armchair movie experts plays film roulette. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Waterman, joined by May Finch. Hello. And of course, Will Rotondi. Hey guys, how are you? On today's episode, it's our first documentary. We're going to be talking about Won't You Be My Neighbor? the biographical documentary film about the life of Fred Rogers. And of course, we'll be drawing a side quest and even playing a little game, a new game uh, on this episode, a little teaser. But first, on this day, actually not quite this day from the moment of release of this episode, but within 24 hours of when you're uh, listening to this, if you're listening to it on the premiere, a film premiered in 1980 any guesses on what that film was it's a big one summer of 1980 may of 1980 that'll give you a little clue historically these films release in may (laughs) the terminator i I was gonna say was it jaws (laughs) (laughs) nope nope that's 84 and uh 75 respectively Okay. It <laughs> is a little tiny movie from a tiny franchise called The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, so, yeah. That, that happy thing. birthday to The Empire Strikes Back, my favorite Star Wars film and widely regarded, I think, as the best. Uh, I love The Empire Strikes Back. I think like as a standalone Star Wars movie, it's just it's phenomenal. And of course, like it's placed in the, tr- the trilogy is really great. I think just like the tonal shift is what I like. Like, like, like the original Star Wars is is great. It's groundbreaking, but there was like sort of a goofiness like to it that's like endearing. The Empire Strikes Back really, I feel like, fleshed out that world. It has like one of my favorite lightsaber fights, and it, like the tone going really dark and serious is just awesome. Do you guys like The Empire Strikes Back? Yes, <laughs> I do. Yep. I think I think I like all of the original trilogy pretty equally, though. Mm-hmm. yeah they all have their moments right like even yeah. return of the jedi like is like you know some people not maligned is maybe not the but like not as well thought of i think the movie is great but i agree i think actually it's funny because you know george lucas always said that star wars was for kids and when i was growing up the first and the third were like the two i would gravitate toward the second one i hate it because it was dark and because it doesn't really have like a complete resolution uh but as i've gotten older i appreciate it more so i guess that just goes to show that he was right because <laughs> um, i mean empire is the one that he didn't direct right so like, it's like he didn't the one direct film. uh episode five or six so empire or return those are both different directors he wrote all of them yeah. but gotcha yep. yeah. irving kirshner is the director of empire strikes back and richard marquand i think if i'm saying his uh, name is right is uh return of the jedi it was almost yeah. David Lynch at one point too, right? For like Return of the Jedi, is that right? Is that right? Boy, that would have been like, something, huh? <laughs> that would have been some trippy stuff, my dude. Just telling you. So, but yeah, Empire. I mean, like Yoda, right? And like Frank Oz and all that stuff. There's just so many good things about that movie and the Imperial March. Like for the first time, hearing that like as a way of expanding the score. I just think everything about that movie like is bigger and better than the original Star Wars. Like not that the I mean, it's no slouch, don't get me wrong, but like, ah, what a movie. I was just going to add that I can relate to the like loving these because I think they're the most kid friendly. 
Because when mm. I uh when I was little, we had tradition where if there was an illness going through my family, which me and my brothers were usually all sick, we would put on mm. the Star Wars movies and we would watch all of them just while you were sick. It was great. Um, so Fabulous. even the prequels or like just mainly the OGs. Uh, just the OGs. Because uh, when when did the first prequel come out? Ninety nine. Ninety. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of just ignored those. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the only ones. <laughs> They've grown on me in some aspects. Like, there's things that are hard to ignore. But, you know, like, with some time and distance, like, there are things I look forward to in them. We'll put it that way. They're just they're just but... not as kid-friendly with all the politics. It's like, yeah. the politics in the original trilogy is pretty obvious. It's like, space princess. Mm-hmm. Planet goes boom. <laughs> Save, yeah. the, save the space princess <laughs> also kind of racist like the like phantom menace has like some crazy stereotypes in it like yeah um, yes. which like i was like oh boy i didn't pick up as like i don't know like five or six years ago i watched it for the first time in a long time i like didn't pick up on any of this but like apparently i wasn't the only one i i googled like prequel star wars uh stereotypes and there was just like a slew of <laughs> uh articles and reddit threads about it anyway um to better times anyway it's the empire strikes back uh <laughs> if you haven't seen it in a while fire it up it's, it's great all right and with that how about a side quest it's been a while y'all like real time mm-hmm. it's been about a month i think almost since we recorded because i was in japan which was a lot of fun so uh i'm getting my bearings a little bit here oh no that's not what i want to do remember to shuffle <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. And wouldn't you know it, I got a, a new category. So let me pull up our spreadsheet so I can make sure that I correctly read the description of this. This is music to my ears. And the prompt is talk about a piece of music, popular or original, used to great effect in a film. So Imperial it. March. Expound, Mr. Rotondi, expound. Oh, I mean, I was just, you know, messing around, but if if you would like to double down on some Empire, Fuck it. Can, why not? Yeah. Oh, why not? We're all kind of tired tonight. <laughs> Let's so, go. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's just it's intimidating, it's in your face, it's gorgeously like evil in some respects i guess i don't know like you get pumped when you hear it and when you see like the super star destroyer just like dwarf the regular star destroyer which was already big in a new hope and they're like no we've got something bigger (laughs) and just the whole like intimidation factor like it's i don't know it's just a very powerful piece of music and it has been used as a joke by so many people for so many situations as like a ringtone when like (laughs) I don't know. You just want to come across as intimidating. You're like, this is what we have to play. So it's, <laughs> or it's, it's like, timely. or it's like your in-laws calling or something. <laughs> yep, it's right. The Empire. <laughs> Don't answer. <laughs> it's Lord Vader. <laughs> Screen Quest friend of the show and former guest uh, George Arevalo, uh, as a joke, has a Alexa protocol that turns all of the lights red and plays the Imperial March when he says, uh, Alexa, Natalia's home, his wife. <laughs> like, uh, sometimes he'll still do it just to give her a chuckle. But yeah, but he's a boy. Right. Um, it's also used in football games, right? Like when like the like it's yeah. like third down and like, you know, the the band wants to like hype up and get in the other team's head. I mean, yeah. 
get those drums, get those, you know, uh, trombones going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I remember when I was uh, first learning piano as a little kid, that was like one of the first like little melodies I learned was. That's cool. <laughs> the Imperial March. It was partly because like, even if I liked the Jedi's like more than Darth Vader, like that, that main tune is way harder to play. This is like <laughs> just oh, yeah. easy thirds and fifths. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it it might be like in the top five, like recognizable, like musical themes, right? Like, and John Williams pretty much has like a monopoly, I feel like, on that as a thing. Like, you'd be hard pressed, like Jaws for sure, like that. Like, um, but yeah, it's it's great. It, like, and it's neat again, like we talked about the expansion of like, you know, the original trilogy and all of that, and like making everything bigger and better. I feel like they like the main theme of Star Wars, which is like called, I think the rebel fanfare that was on lock, but I think they needed something to like really foil that. And like, what a great musical composition that, uh, that obviously was like, was the right answer for that. So good choice. Will not that we had to think long or hard about that. Sometimes we have to like <laughs> cut around like five minutes of silence while we all ponder the prompt. But uh, this was just kind of a gimme, but you know what? We'll take it nice my pleasure <laughs> and thank you for the assist <laughs> lady luck is our friend sometimes on this show so all right well hey let's let's hop into our main quest today which is won't you be my neighbor um gonna do something a little different i'm gonna hold the impressions for actually the the uh the second uh, question or kind of like prompt like around this film um, because this is a documentary um, you know category and it's, it's our first time doing one I kind of um, didn't have strong feelings about having a lot of structure around it but I do have a few things that I wanted to touch on um, but the first thing I wanted to discuss for today because I feel like it's so relevant to the documentary is like, what's your personal history with Mr. Rogers, if any? Like, may you know, you're you're quite a bit younger than uh, Will or I, so I'm not sure. Like, if this was still airing or if like reruns were on as you were growing up, but I'm curious for both it of was. you. Okay, well, we'll start with you. Like, what's your history with Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and Mr. Rogers in general? Uh, so I I I learned about death from Mr. Rogers, but in an unconventional way where I remember loving his show and wishing I saw more of it and asking my mom and her being like, oh, well, he died. So this is one of my first big like, what is death conversations is about Mr. Rogers. <laughs> um, and so that was sad. So I always had kind of a sad feeling watching him after that. I was like, oh, this guy doesn't live anymore. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm still very fond of the show and like it really stuck out to me how careful he was like with his stuff and like taking his time like putting his little sweater on and his shoes like that stuck out to me a lot and like I think my other like deep-seated memory from watching Mr. Rogers was just like of that little train Mm -hmm. yeah definitely like the transition from the apartment to uh, I, the the kingdom you know like that was always a good good little way a bridge great um will uh what was your relationship 
with Mr. Rogers. Sounds like an interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you on the night that Mr. Rogers? What was your relation to the suspect? <laughs> like smoking a cigarette. There's like a like a like a, a light in my face. Like oh, um, no, actually, I don't really remember much of any Mr. Rogers. I mean, I I knew of him, and I would recognize him if I saw the program, but I didn't really grow up watching Mr. Rogers. Um, okay. So whatever you may take uh, away from that as to my upbringing, um, which wasn't to say that it just wasn't available. It was, I think that I would have fallen into, and we'll probably talk about this more later. I would have fallen into that camp of kids that was like dazzled by all the like explodey cartoons that they reference, you know, like that he was against, you know, like all this sort of mindless entertainment that children were exposed to and violent entertainment that children were exposed to. And I was all for it. So. <laughs> I'm yeah. over here watching like Transformers with and all that you know stuff, and uh, as opposed to Mr. Rogers, which by comparison, while also very wholesome, is like much more like the pacing, like what May was talking about, like just that sort of intentional, you know, slow pacing um, versus just like the eye candy, spectacular cartoons and all that stuff that were going on, uh, spastic in a lot of cases too, um, by comparison. But that's pretty much most of what i remember i learned more about mr rogers watching this documentary than i knew growing up as a kid yeah i think well i can't speak for me that that's true for me as well i think that's yeah. true for probably a lot of people watching the documentary because he seemed to be relatively private so um so it made the documentary kind of a kind of a joy but um I, as a young young child i i watched a lot of mr rogers like so i think like probably like three four five six and then kind of beyond that i was with you will like very much like the the Nickelodeon era, yeah, Ninja Turtles, like all that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's weird. I remember the first time watching this documentary, there was like this like little corner of my brain where like all these like neurons were firing, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like this is really like taking me deep back into like my childhood, and like just that there was like a familiarity there. Um, you know, that uh, was just sort of unlocked and, and all, it all came bubbling to the surface and, and a lot of comfort too, you know, um, as far as like specifics, like I, I couldn't tell you like, uh, like an episode that I saw, you know, cause you're, you're so young. Um, but I do remember it being a pretty regular part of like my childhood routine, um, like that and the price is right when I was sick, like for whatever reason, <laughs> like, you know, like the two things that stick out, um, but yeah, like it was like a fixture and um, I think uh, uh, like we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about it when we get into the nitty gritty of the documentary. But like past that, just all the rumors, like seeing like the memes about mm -hmm. like yeah, him, him being like a Navy SEAL that like had like the highest like kill count, the tattoo, all that stuff. I was like, yep, yep, yep. Remember hearing all that. And of course, in the age of Internet when it was the wild west it was much harder to like fact check stuff like pre-snopes.com you're just like yeah. yo did you see like did you see this about mr rogers like what a what a badass and like <laughs> yeah talking about how he's like lived on and like online is very interesting like uh recently there was like the four horsemen of, of wholesomeness rather than the four horsemen of the apocalypse and he's one of them oh that's nice yeah <laughs> along with like steve Irwin and um I forgot like who Tom else Hanks. was on that, but yeah, Tom Hanks. Yeah, I feel, yeah, I would feel like he would be on. Uh, if he ever falls yeah. from grace, like uh, God help everybody, man. Tom Hanks. He can't. He, just... he can't. <laughs> unless, unless that scares being... me. 
Unless could, being the but... father of Chet Hanks is a bit of a father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. We'll we'll blame that. I don't know. Blame it on Colin Hanks, the the lesser uh, popular, the but the better of the two sons. But yeah. <laughs> um. So all right, now we can dive into general impressions because I I do want to hear like what you both thought of of the film. Um, obviously it's a documentary, but like in my mind, like, so the way I kind of divide documentaries, is like, there's either, either like a biographical one like this, or then you have the documentary where like you as the viewer don't really know what's like going to happen. Whereas this is sort of more informative. Like, so something like spellbound, if you've ever seen that, which is like the documentary about the spelling bee and all the kids that are like kind of under pressure from their parents. Like you have no idea who's going to win that contest. And so some of the joy of the documentary is like seeing and what happens, whereas like, this I feel like I knew going into it like what the ultimate conclusion was going to be but it was more about sort of the the joy of discovery in terms of like who this man was so that being said back to May uh what did you think of the documentary did you like it um I thought it was interesting I loved all the archival footage those were the most interesting parts to me um there was a lot of things I felt kind of weird about it and among those were like Maybe getting the sense that there are some things like that his sons wanted to say that they didn't quite feel comfortable saying on this mm. documentary. It always seemed like they were kind of holding back. Um, again, I have no idea what they would have said otherwise, but it just whenever they were on screen, they seemed kind of uncomfortable talking about it. Uh, maybe it's just a want for privacy there. But um, yeah, that felt a little bit weird. And also the fact that I felt like they would um i don't know gloss over a lot of details like i don't think they ever made it super clear like why he retired for instance Mm -hmm. um or like uh exactly what he died from or what that kind of looked like or i don't know which is not details we necessarily need but just felt like a strange omission to me for a documentary that's uh so biographical i uh, Chris, I think you were the one actually was talking, uh, maybe off pod before we started, that just sort of um, kind of a tearjerker a little bit coming away from it. Like for me at the very end, it was like, wow, this I, I felt moved by it. Um, I would agree that it, it seems interesting what some people that were more comfortable than others sort of talking about their experiences with him. And I I actually agree with May about the points about his children. I thought they they seemed a little bit more hesitant to sort of talk about certain things. His wife, maybe a little bit more. Um, but I don't know. I, I just found it more fascinating as sort of like a, a psychological uh, like review of what he was like and what was probably buried beneath and what was sort of uh, how he was able to convey sides of himself that he didn't feel comfortable doing as a person. He was able to to perform it through puppets and through the show. And so I I sort of balance this out with having seen like the Tom Hanks movie that they did about Mr. Rogers and kind of feeling creeped out by that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then watching this and I'm like there really was only ever one Mr. Rogers like I don't think anybody could ever really like portray yeah. him and he was such a unique person that it's almost like there's so much that you'll never that you could probably guess that was the case but the, it's I don't know there's in a lot of ways he's just very noble and unknowable at the same time and maybe that's why I felt like the documentary did such a good job of kind of going through 
what his life was like for this, you know, for the program, for the people he interacted with, and how some of that evolved over time. Um, I think overall, I liked it. I liked, I liked it for what it was. I thought it was moving, but I also thought that it wasn't one of those documentaries that felt like it had an agenda necessarily. Like it was just sort of there to kind of share what other people thought. And so that's why I really, overall, I really enjoyed it. That's a good point. I, a lot of documentaries have an angle and I didn't really see an angle with this, which was refreshing. Yeah, I, I think I agree with um, a lot of the points that both of you brought up. Um it, it seemed odd to like include his wife and children, given that like the framing and we'll talk about this in a second, like the structure of the documentary, the framing of it really seemed to be about like his career and not so much the life like they, they it'd be impossible to like exclude his life entirely, obviously, like because that informed like what he did and like why he was the way he was. But so much of it really was around like his career and the business like side of it, you know, like, so to speak, which um, I think is is substantial. Like if you're going to do like an hour and a half documentary. Right. Um, that being said, like I would have loved to have seen like a like a three part miniseries like where we got into more than nitty gritty. I'm with both of y'all where I'm like, yeah, um, I don't really know who Mr. Rogers, the dad was at all, yeah. but yet you have his children talking about like, was he, you know, um, like they, they kind of touched briefly on like, like, Oh, like some of his anger, like was coming out. Like, cool. Tell me more. Like, I, I'm just, I'm fascinated to know that more human side of him of like, did he get frustrated? You know, like what he was obviously like this great figure to like children in a public manner, but like, what was he like privately? And maybe they weren't comfortable. Maybe just there wasn't space in the documentary. So I think all those are, are fair points, but, um, but yeah, this made me like happy cry both times. I saw it like, so in the theaters, like the first time, and then on this rewatch in particular, um, the scene with, um, you know, the, uh, the, the kid in the wheelchair and he's like mm -hmm. in his way, just like openly, like talk, like talk about it. Like, like tell me like why you're, you know, and it just being so direct and like talking to him, like he would any other like person and just like, man, it just it, it, like, and the singing the song, like it got to me, um, both times I saw it, like, I just, I found it very moving. Um, my other, you know, um, kind of like a takeaway like in the general sense i think um was uh i you know i found um like his story to be to very fascinating and like it almost kind of makes me sad like um watching it because i'm like we would be so suspicious i think like in this day age of, of somebody like this right you'd be like when's the other shoe gonna drop with this person like what's going i don't think anybody would trust a man like this in like today's culture and age and i feel like that would probably make him incredibly sad but but yeah overall i really enjoyed this the closest we'll ever get to him is ted lasso that's, <laughs> yeah it's pretty much where we're at that's that's the bar right now <laughs> I no spoilers so. but if, if you've seen that show you know that like like even underneath that like exterior there's some stuff going on so yeah that's right. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to touch on the format. Um, we kind of already like brought it up like briefly. Um, what did you think of sort of sticking to like the career? Like, like we don't really again, they they make references to like him as a kid, like the the fat Fred like thing and like showing the little pudgy boy that may have been bullied or something, and and they cover very briefly some other stuff. But what did you think of like the framing device of like basically career and broadcasting like and then sort of like you have the epilogue of like 
a little bit of um he came out of retirement to to bring well i remember that by the way like the 9-11 stuff mm-hmm. like was like was like oh shit like you know it's bad if mr rogers is coming out of retirement to try to bring comfort but um d- did you guys like that like as a framing device and um i don't know just any thoughts that you have Yes and no. Like I said, it it is weird that the personal life is like touched on, but in this very distant way. Um, I would have liked to have seen, I guess, more 50-50, but I also think he was just a private person by and large. And so it's hard to get that kind of info. Um, I don't know if it's laziness on the documentarian's part or <laughs> respect to the family. Um, and I guess I guess I'm glad that they didn't just focus on the career. They at least did bring in the family a little bit because I think I would have had a lot of questions otherwise. Now I just have sure. some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fair that's point. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like what you know of him, of that sort of kind of that persona is that that just is who he is. So it was like the show was just all that we know, even looking back on it. Which, to be honest, I don't even remember him coming out of retirement after 9-11. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't I didn't remember that. And, I mean, I didn't realize just how deep his show got when it was, like, what well, it was like something about talking about genocide, right? Like, that was one of the questions that I think, was it Daniel Tiger asked was about the word genocide? And oh, assassination. Was, assassination yeah. with Kennedy. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. RFK, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, dang, man, like that, I didn't realize just how, how deep that show got. I thought, I clearly I have, that was something that I had missed out on growing up. I had no clue. And I was fascinated by watching that and seeing how he tackled issues like that. Truthfully, I would have liked to have seen what he would have been like around, because I know everybody says about how good he is, was with kids. Um, to know how he would handle kids that were never like that weren't as I guess even tempered because we always see like everybody always seems so calm and happy around it but like especially with you know at least in today's day and age where we we recognize so many sorts of mental health uh concerns or um and, I mean they did have the one uh child who was you know who was uh disabled and so it's a question of like how would he tackle just the wide spectrum of so many different situations and reactions that children can have um so it would have been interesting to have seen that aspect of it too if that had ever been available yeah they touch on that i think very briefly the cameraman was like yeah there's like some kids that like i would have been like you're such a little bastard like and <laughs> like i would have lost my patience but like he didn't but yeah you don't get to see really much mm-hmm. footage um and that but yeah, I, like I, so, I, when you make a documentary, like obviously, um, even if there's not like an overt agenda, you kind of have to pick, mm-hmm. you know, how how you're going to tackle the subject matter. Um, I thought this was interesting because it kind of chose to follow more or less like a deeper dive into like what most of us know, which is like the public facing and and kind of like peeling back the layers of of that, but kind of sticking to who he was as a public figure, but like kind of behind the scenes, right? Like, um, I, I don't feel super strongly like other than like kind of just curious as why they included like some of his, uh, you know, personal relations and, uh, relations and family members and things like that. But, um, 
I do think it was uh, it was unexpected the first time I saw it where I was like, oh, we're really going to just kind of stick to the the career side of it. Um, but um, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting choice. Um, and that kind of leads me to my next question, which I may make a, a staple for like our documentary is like, so having watched this, like, would you want to know more? I think we kind of talked about this already about the life of Fred Rogers. Did, did this make you more curious about the subject matter, which in this case is is him? Like, would you would you delve deeper having watched it? Or do you feel like you're good? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would like to know more. Yes and no. Hmm. Um, I have questions, but I'm not sure if I want them answered. Because <laughs> don't know how the illusion. <laughs> yeah, I because I mean everyone is human. Everyone has skeletons in their closet. Some some literal, some not. I'm assuming Mr. Rogers would be metaphorical, but you know you never know. Uh, and like uh, I I feel like it's just such an icon of culture. Like it's not information I need. And if I did know it, like maybe it would be stuff that would just help me flush him out as a person or maybe it's stuff that would make me like uh, completely think about him differently or just be information that I try to block out regardless so yeah. um yeah I don't know if I'd want those questions answered um unless it was like really terrible and we need to have like a <laughs> posthumous trial for mr rogers i don't think that's oh, the case. <laughs> yeah hopefully not man i don't think it could be any worse than the garbage fox news stuff that ran about when they wanted to try and talk about what a terrible person he was and how he had influenced children negatively that made me mad like yeah i never saw a, this no, they, had the, they had the clip of like i don't know what shepherd smith or somebody from fox news and he was saying, yeah. like, Ro Mr. Rogers told all these kids that they're special and they're not, of course. And like now they're angry because they realize they're not. And like yeah. that uh, one basically yeah. they yeah. pinned it on him that like the, the the snowflake generation is like a result of mm -hmm. like his sort of philosophy of like everyone's special. And obviously, oh. like the documentary film makers and the people I interviewed, like pushed back on it pretty hard. They're like, hey, that's not what he was saying. He's saying, like, if you're alive you have inherent value because like you're an autonomous person and like you should feel like you have value because you're alive and like you're a part of society and people should accept you for who you are and that kind of stuff um that don't worry well we'll come oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say that was like one of the first parts that kind of choked me up a bit because like that is definitely something that was missing in like my childhood culturally it's just the notion of being like loved just for existing and like loved exactly as you are and it is so powerful and like you see when people actually feel that way they do grow and like change as people it's, it's really incredible and i don't know just to see that mr rogers like understood that and that was the goal behind his programming maybe maybe get a little teary-eyed and you know it was such a it's a powerful moment in the documentary that um officer like clemens that like i think that's like the most you see to him being fallible mr rogers i mean is that like mm -hmm. he yeah gives you know uh i guess his real name is um clemens uh bad advice right like we would agree which is like you can't go to the gay bar you can't be yourself kind of pushes him into like a marriage that obviously ends disastrously 
but like the beautiful part of that is like sort of like the redemption and the ex- you know like the acceptance that comes down the road where like he learns and he grows from that and like when he says like i realized he was talking to me and he's like oh you finally heard me like and i was i was talking to you and like man that's like that's awesome like that's all you can hope for right like everybody at some point um has to grow and like learn from the mistakes um or at least we all hope that we can and like i think like um that was just a really really powerful beautiful moment um you know he's crying like when he's talking about it right so it obviously yeah. like meant a great deal to to him um yeah so like i think if i wanted to delve any deeper i, I would want to know like what are the circumstances that led him to be who he is like again they touch on it very briefly with like kind of being groomed towards the ministry but I, i'd be curious to see what kind of upbringing like led to him being the person that he is right like I, i'm not like a firm believer like it's all nature it's all nurture but like i think like those things play a factor and like becoming the person that you are and i, I kind of want to know more about his like childhood and upbringing and like um i don't even know if they touched on if he was an only child did he have siblings like what were his parents like i think all that stuff would be pretty fascinating to see like what are the circumstances that made this this person uh because he it was so important to him it seemed like you know for parents to create this environment for their children so was his like upbringing a total shit show like disaster and like he was he like reacting to that and like you know kind of like i want to do the opposite or did he have a really nice like you know lovely like nurturing environment that he was sort of like paying for it i have no idea so I think that's the thing I would want to know about most, like probably as, in terms of like, where where do you get to, to this guy that like in the documentary talks about? I think that would be quite interesting. So next question I have, what was your favorite revelation from the documentary? Like what was like something that you learned that like was, was like your favorite sort of like moment or like, you know, topic that they about Fred Rogers? And I can go first if you guys need a moment on this. Like for me, it's very easily that he like almost like single-handedly seemed to save PBS. Like yeah. I love, yeah, that's I excellent. love that. Yeah. yeah, it's just so eloquent and like that uh, senator or whoever is like so grumpy, and he's like, "Would it make you feel better if you read it?" And he just like he's clearly nervous, and he doesn't like back down. He's like, "No, nah, man, like I I just want to get across like this, like why this is important, and just the like." man you don't know how it's gonna go he's like it's kind of silly lyrics to like a little you know or like childish lyrics to the song about dealing with anger and to watch him melt the senator i mean like just melt uh <laughs> it's just, it was great i and like i didn't know that like i didn't know that like it was on the chopping block and that you know that early in his career he was like responsible for something so awesome so that was my favorite but I think for me, it was this, the little anecdote about the, um, I forget the puppet's name, but the little tiger puppet that yeah. Daniel, he, I think. Yeah, Daniel. Um, that was kind of a stand in for Mr. Rogers himself and um, how he would talk about his issues with not knowing what to do with anger and Daniel kind of expressing that. And I don't know. I just I think it's interesting to see what pieces of a person's personality and upbringing make it up, like make it into their art. And um, he talks about growing up in a house where you weren't allowed to be angry. And when you're just suppressing that emotion instead of learning how to deal with it, that's awful. And 
<laughs> something I, I could kind of relate to. And um, it was interesting to see that he had also funneled that into like playing music and like finding hidden ways to express himself. And I don't know, it just kind of makes so much sense now with who he became in terms of like wanting other people never to feel that way, but also having to be very creative with how he expresses himself to feel like it's okay for him to be vulnerable. Yeah, that scene where like the puppet's singing like to the about like self-doubt and mm-hmm. um, another one that like got me really choked up because you, you just imagine him down there like <laughs> underneath all the, the set like that's gotta be hard you know like I would imagine yeah. knowing that that's probably how you feel like are, are actually feeling and putting it out there. It's hard. It's a hard act to follow guys. Um I was disappointed to find out that Mr. Rogers was not a sniper in the armed forces. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, well, part of it, I mean, I remember all the memes and stuff. Or I guess it wasn't a meme at that time, just all the, uh, the internet, you know, um, conspiracy theories. Yeah. That were passed around <laughs> or have like all the tattoos or stuff. That's why I always wear the sweater, man. It's cover up all those tattoos. But the, uh, <laughs> Uh, I love it. Um, All right. Well, that's a, that's an idea for for uh, AI our generator. Show me Mister Rogers hidden. <laughs> Plugging that in, maybe oh, I'll throw that as like a little Easter egg for. for oh this God. Uh, <laughs> We've unleashed unleashed the uh, the apocalypse there, but uh, <laughs> man, no, I think. Um, I think just watching all the people whose lives he really touched, like seeing genuine reactions that they had when they met him, like there was that one, and I wish I could remember her name, but it was toward the end and she talked about just growing up and not feeling, I don't know if it was like she didn't feel accepted or that she she watched his show and felt like a, like a whole person and or something to that effect and just moved her to tears to, you know, to be able to meet him and to thank him for that and for him to thank her and yeah, that... <laughs> That I think is probably more powerful than uh, than a lot of it. I, but truthfully, if I had to if I had to choose another scene from that, besides like you know just the the quick little cuts that they had, um, it would probably be where he shares the uh, the pool with Officer Clemens, right? So like, what a groundbreaking moment in history that is for to be something like that that's televised when so much was going on um with civil rights and that i think is still a very powerful message today so i think that's really that's probably what i would go with as kind as he was he seemed like kind of a tough defiant like like there was a rebel spirit and i know that sounds silly to like say it out loud like mr rogers like is kind of a rebel but i think it's true like i think you know his his actions sort of show somebody who like wasn't always satisfied with the status quo and like his belief system sort of transcended like whatever was going on and like i thought it was interesting like they're like oh he was a lifelong republican and like I'm like well not that this is a surprise to anybody but the republican party is like clearly changed right like like in a lot of ways and uh, i think like um maybe demonstrated that like even if that was sort of the values of the republican party like segregation and things like that that like he wasn't going to just mindlessly like be partisan and like his actions following you know a political uh party and like he seemed to kind of always do what he felt was was right which was uh it's pretty amazing 
I do. I do think class might have been a part of that because it sure. does say he came from a very wealthy family, so that might yes. have been his main reason for voting Republican. Frankly, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, fiscally more conservative. Um, yeah, definitely. And again, like I like I didn't live through it, so I couldn't tell you. But from what little like history I understand from that period of time, I do think the Republican Party is quite different in a lot of ways yeah. than than it is. Um, today but yeah to, to be clear not not defending the republican party you'll never see me do that but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. just saying i think his i i think given how much he disagreed with the cultural aspects of the party i'm guessing his motivations were financial yeah and ironically they seem to be the ones like um the the fundamentalists and the republicans are the ones that came after him the hardest you know that that's quite a a sad scene in his funeral where you know there people have signs with like homophobic slurs on them and the guy that like goes across to be like come on like what like you know he wasn't gay and it's like no but he was tolerant of gays and like that like intolerance of tolerance like i feel like um something that has blossomed probably like a little bit more like today and that seems to i i just i imagine Fred Rogers would have a very hard time, like, you know, in 2023, probably with, uh, you know, people in general and not just like on the one side of the political aisle, to be fair. Like, I, you know, there's just a lot of ugliness online. And I feel like the Internet culture has sort of made it harder um, for people to face consequences and easier for people to be like kind of mean, which uh, kind of makes the documentary, like I said, bittersweet a little bit because you're like oh man this guy so thoroughly believed in like human kindness and and good and (laughs) i feel like uh, technology um sometimes isn't always great for that personally but anyway i digress i'll get off my soapbox there i mean sorry (laughs) to jump off of your soapbox onto my soapbox uh uh i i probably wonders if he'd actually be very excited by like the modern internet given how he immediately saw the tv as like a tool for Mm -hmm. reaching the masses like maybe he'd just be like okay uh mr rogers neighborhood the social network (laughs) like (laughs) oh my god i would totally be on that like it'd be like the opposite of doom scrolling like just can you imagine it'd be great join that (laughs) (laughs) um so uh, we talked about favorite revelation was there any other uh standout scene for either of you like you know even if it wasn't like a revelation just like a part of the documentary that you uh you liked either stylistically or you know just felt like it was a a standout part of it i'd say the part where and i forgive me it's been probably a couple weeks since i've watched this but i feel like didn't he he wrote himself a note that had something to the effect of he expressed all of his self-doubt about everything that he had done. Like he still questioned if what he was doing was making a difference. And I thought that's for a man like that with as much success as he had with that program to still doubt himself, I thought was actually very telling and also very powerful and relatable. I mean, for all of us who ever have a moment where we just think like, man, like (laughs) I know I've accomplished a lot, but you know, you still question everything, you know, kind of leading up to that. So I think that was definitely that. I mean, it, not more than think. I know that's what stood out to me from watching that. Yeah, he didn't seem to shy away from talking about your feelings. Right. And I think like 
something so ahead of its time in a lot of ways like for him especially particularly around like children's programs of like just not being afraid to express yourself and talk about all the feelings and trying to grapple with them I thought that was uh it's really cool you know and not exempting himself from that either even if he had to go through puppets and stuff sometimes but i really liked hearing uh like personally from clemens or officer clemens uh yeah. just because like i feel like i've heard that story many times and Maybe I just misremembered it, but I feel like I've heard the story a very different way that Mr. Rogers was like um, trying to like help him not get outed or something like that when it's the opposite. <laughs> um, so it was good to get the actual full context from that from Clemens. I appreciated hearing that. Um, and yeah, that, that whole scene was nice. And I, I liked it because it was it was messy. You see that like he's still better about the way rogers handled it at first and that he still valued their friendship enough to like wait it out for fred to grow a bit and come to accept him and like how much i did finally mean and yeah i just thought that was a beautiful beautiful um hearing that from him from clemens specifically um yeah yeah went like a little authenticity i felt like where it's like not everybody's like sugarcoating everything like they're not just like trying to paint a picture of like an infallible man like i think that was really key for me it was like uh, okay like they're allowing him to like tell it like his way and from his perspective and, and to just be honest about the fact that a it was bad advice b it led to disaster and hurt you know and then c like they were able to sort of like grow and like you know it helped fred fred rogers grow um and also that like ultimately there was that acceptance right and like the kind of revelation that like hey this message goes beyond um you know maybe the scope of what he thought originally uh mr rogers i mean yeah uh for me it was a sense of humor i, I love that like you know <laughs> to know that he didn't take himself so seriously the full poster size like moon photo uh from the the cast and crew and just seeing his reaction to being pranked you know the guy in the closet and things like that like nice to know that is is really like seriously as he took his work that he could enjoy himself and engage in some some buffoonery and um you know appreciate that even like the eddie murphy like uh, is like sort of like parodying like that and him being a good sport about that because i don't know if you've ever watched mr robinson's neighborhood like any clips of that like it's pretty raunchy and like lewd you know so I think because, as they say in the documentary, he felt like it was not completely mean-spirited. He was okay with it. And then it was a little heartbreaking to see that like he did have hurt feelings about other interpretations of that and you know, kind of a sensitive guy. But but yeah, his sense of humor was definitely that whole little sort of section talking about that was one of my favorite bits. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with final thoughts. We can go around. Anything else you want to talk about on the documentary, Mr. Rogers himself? And then we'll have a little game, draw our next card, and skedaddle. So, Will, I'll start with you. Any final thoughts? Uh, it just stuck out to me because I thought it was funny in context and hindsight, but I'm sure in the moment probably would have had a lot of different feelings. Um, was when he was on, they show like a little clip of him on a, like a, I can't remember if it was like a 
some variation of like the tonight show or something whatever their version was and uh, the host was asking him and he was having a really uncomfortable time like getting it out he was just like i don't really want to yeah. be like improper or you know like but i'm just I'm, like i'm curious like are are you straight like but basically like are you square i think was what he asked like, yeah are you essentially like asking if he was gay or not like and and for that time, I'm sure there's a whole other plenty of levels to how comfortable and what you can say and not say. Um, but for me, watching that clip, I found it funny. But I know that in the moment was probably very uncomfortable for both sides. But also, I was really curious what his response was. And they don't show it. And I'm just like, I would have wanted to have seen his answer. Like, you know, I don't I truthfully don't care what like i i don't care about his sexuality i was just fascinated by how he was going to respond to a question like that on that show and so that to me i thought was interesting that they just sort of dropped it in there and then yeah. sort of moved away and i'm like okay i mean we i, I guess maybe, maybe daniel came out and he was like you're a piece of shit you should <laughs> business <laughs> or the king the king you know come out yeah. and be like you know but uh Friday yeah, the 13th, that's a, what a great name yes. for a king yes yeah sorry but yeah uh, yeah i agree no, that's uh, that I, I hadn't considered that, that they don't show his answer like they have everyone else kind of speaking for him like like no mm -hmm. he wasn't gay like no he wasn't gay like i would have picked up on the vibe but like yeah, that's i hadn't considered that well it's interesting yeah um i know for a while i was going around the internet that uh fred was like a a, a bisexual icon or something because I think like in a one biography of him, like a friend mentioned him saying something like, uh, like vaguely bisexual, and that was that was the only source. <laughs> 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 so people are grasping at straws, basically. But no, I think he's just a very emotive straight man. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, you got to think like probably during like that the height of mr rogers probably somebody who was sensitive and soft-spoken and slow and deliberate probably like that they just assume that that's like oh gay right he doesn't ooze masculinity in the traditional like sense right of like what you thought a man should be and um again that's that's kind of kind of sad <laughs> in a way that like oh you have to maybe be like crude or crass or like gruff and tough and it's also kind of beautiful, right? That he didn't seem to be deterred whatsoever um, by perceptions. Like he wanted to, to do what he wanted to do, was very passionate about it. Mm, to an extent. Yeah. On the perceptions thing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, May anything that you wanted to, uh, to add about the documentary or. Just that I mostly really, really liked how it ended. I I did I have two conflicting feelings about like you know when they're everyone in the documentary is kind of going around around and saying, you know, one person's name that really helped them as a kid. Um his sons are just silent and his wife is just silent. And I know it's meant to imply that it would be Fred. But I'm also <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't say it. <laughs> Maybe they're just scared to answer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised that like it felt 
it kind of ruined it a little bit for me that they asked people like who'd you think of like it's like i don't know like that's just personal taste i think it would have been more impactful like to just see the expressions because everyone's very expressive you know facially like and just see that like i did the same exercise right like like as that was happening the second time and um it made me like it was like the final time i got choked up i got really choked up and like as soon as they were like who'd you think of i'm like that's like asking somebody what they wish for man like you know like it's that's not how that works (laughs) (laughs) i don't know did did you like that they asked people or that they like revealed it like do you think it would have been more impactful if they just faces and that's it i think it would have been more impactful if they hadn't asked but i think it was and I'm I'm not going to pronounce his name correctly, and I apologize, but I want to say it was like June Lai Lee, who was uh, the was he co-director? I'm looking yeah, for IMDb because so. I'm cheating. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but I just his composure and just sort of like the kind of what Chris, what you were saying, just his expression before that, before he mentioned that it was his mother, he was thinking about. Um, I don't know. I just really that I thought was really nice. That was a really sweet moment. But I agree with you. Ultimately, I think it would have been more impactful if they had just let it go. It's the the case in Pulp Fiction, man. Let it like just like bask on your you know your face. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I I maintain that sharing it was important because that was what the like whole cool show was about, right? Like mm-hmm. sharing... always the contrary, so... you know. Just got to disconnect. <laughs> uh, I love you, man. No. Thanks. <laughs> no, so no, but I'm interested to hear those, those like um like difficult, vulnerable emotions and stories. So I think it was important to say out loud. It it is sweet. I mean, I will say, like, it's nice to kind of like connect those dots for some of those people to hear who it was. Some of them said Fred. Some of them like like the mom. You know, like. It's a great exercise, regardless. Like, I think that was a really, like, kind of wholesome, like, nice thing. And they tied it back to the, he would do things, like, you use silence, right? Of Like, you want to know how long a minute is? Like, here we go. Like, and just, like, <laughs> like dead, like, that much dead air time. Like, right, when you had, like, 18, 19 minutes, like, with commercials and stuff as well. I don't know, does PBS do commercials? It's been a long time, but. yes and i only remember this because they're always buffered by like the thank you message for donating to pbs (laughs) (laughs) thanks to the generous uh generosity of viewers like you or whatever that that one yeah Yeah. Uh... the the commercials might have just been ads for other programming though i don't know if they were like ads for like products gotcha yeah that that, i you know i'm ashamed to say i haven't watched pbs and a very 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 long time the closest is like a documentary that's like originally aired on pbs that's now on like netflix or something but thank you both i hope you enjoyed watching this quite the contrast to american psycho as i said um, glad you enjoyed it this was a really great thing to watch in the uh, theaters i know i've talked many times about like audience participation but seeing this like in a theater full of people was a really sweet thing so uh more of that please like you know like i i do love my my john wicks and you know stuff like that but like like top gun maverick like i I like the occasional feel good thing like in a crowd it's a really really good good time uh good catharsis um as much as like you know crying and stuff can be but 
I'm sorry, I, I, might have, for... I might have spaced for a second. Did you say John Wick was a feel-good movie? <laughs> no, 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 Like, I was thinking as much as I enjoy my John Wick, like, you know, like, my kind of, like, dark, action-y, like, pulse-pounding stuff, like, and I got you. Because that's I fun. I must have blanked. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I would not categorize John Wick um, as a feel-good movie. If you're interested, I've seen the first three now. Like, I, I, I marathoned them after I got back from Japan. Uh, three is my favorite. Uh, it's descending order, honestly, for me. Three, two, one, and like I know yeah. one's like the classic, but the world building is my favorite part of those films. And so I think like um, as that world gets fleshed out a bit more, we understand it a bit more, and there's more variance in sort of the action scenes. Like I enjoyed it more. You got to check um, out four, man. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. It comes out. Got to check out four. T minute, T minus, like I think like a week, and I can buy it on digital, and I I totally will because like <laughs> I've heard it's like it's the best, like so I can buy it in 4K and just like very excited for it so yeah i have uh i've made a very simple game for you guys we're going to be playing a film 20 questions so i have a film that i've selected you have 20 yes or no questions um that you can ask to guess the film so um you can alternate you have whatever strategy you guys want to use to collaboratively try to discover the film that i've selected yeah so is this us against you is that is this how it's going no, no, no. Like I, I'm, I'm rooting for your success. It's just simply, um, like, what, if, what we, if we're not? <laughs> yeah, what You're if we're rooting lose? for your are own we, success? Are we on a team against you? Is this us against the house and the no, house no, 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 wins? No, no. Or what's gonna this is just I, I, I hope both of you like. I mean, if you need some stakes, I can put like a little bomb uh, graphic up on the thing with like a little countdown clock or something. Like it ticks nice. up with every question. But like, no, I, I just hope you guess it. But um, we'll see if nope. you can do it. Um, should we should we do like a time related question like pre some date or post some date? I don't know. Yes, that's question one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking too well. I know, okay. I, know, I, know, I, know. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll help round it down. What number? What what date? 1990, maybe. Like, are we saying did it happen? Or like, okay, so. Me asking you a question of a did this <laughs> film take place between in the nineties? Is that what we're we're thinking? I'm thinking we ask like, did this was this film released after the nineties or eighties okay. or something like that? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> was this <laughs> was this film released after 1990? Yes. Okay. Put my fingers here. I kind of feel like we should nail down a genre, right? So yeah, are we thinking like it's the best way to ask that? I guess just to ask a specific genre, or do we Ooh. think that that's going to be too? Well, so we can we can um, we can do the most work by saying is it any genre? Is it in any genre besides like romance or or action or whatever? And narrow things mm. done that way. You feel an action, or you feel in like sci-fi, or you... probably is action or sci-fi. Okay. All right, Chris. Was this in any genre? And I, just to make sure I got you correct, May. Any genre besides <laughs> <laughs> action. So isn't that like just a way of saying is this an action movie? Yeah, or... I just realized it's the same thing. I didn't do great yeah. in logic classes. <laughs> Wow. Um, <laughs> I I would I would cater 
Spurs. Mm. I don't want to like say too much. I would have categorized this at, like as action being part of like, you know, I wouldn't want to pigeonhole this, but like, ah. so I would say there's action in the movie, but like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't strictly call it action. Gotcha. Mm. Do we feel like we need to ask? Try to be fair. Yeah. Are we? Are <laughs> may, may are we feeling a, a question about a love story involved in this at some point? Or are we not going to worry about that? I feel like there's a love story in every movie. Everything. Yeah. Um, we can ask location. Like, is it set on Earth? Uh, does this or ask if like it takes place in like once? Well, no, I guess. Man, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you say this is simple, Chris, and yet <laughs> simple in terms of like I don't need to structure explain the rules like very much. I feel does like this that's... have a happy ending. <laughs> Does this have a bad resolution? I think that's actually a great one. Do you want to ask that? Sure, yeah. All right. Chris? That's somewhat subjective, but I would say yes. I would say yes. Somewhat subjective, but yes. Okay. So it's not Hamlet. (laughs) I would ask if this is a film that we've seen before, maybe. Ooh. I know, there's no way there's no oh you mean on the podcast gotcha yeah we talked about sorry yeah, there's no way to tell what we that see. would narrow it down <laughs> if, if it was yeah but... uh, you okay if i ask them? yes go for it have we talked about this film on the podcast chris as a like featured film you mean like one that's like a main quest uh no i will say at any point jeez um <laughs> I don't think so, but don't hold me to that. Okay. That it would helps. be inc- I think it would be incidental if we have. Mm-hmm. Can I ask mm-hmm. my uh earth question? Go for it. Do it. Uh is this movie set on Earth? Yes, it is. Okay, so it's not a space flick. May I ask if there is a an animal that is important as a character? Or would you prefer that I don't? I'm having a little <laughs> trouble hearing you, Will. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yes. Would it be relevant to ask if there is an animal that is involved as a main character? I think that is a great question. Cool. Hey, Chris. <laughs> is there an animal involved <laughs> as a main character? No. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> we could ask if it's an American film. Is this an American film, Chris? Yes. Okay. So to recap, it's an American film released after 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on Earth, so there's no space exploration. <laughs> uh, what else did we learn? There's some no elements of action. <laughs> yes, no some animals. some elements of action. We've not talked mm-hmm. about this before. And there's no important animals, or at least main character animals. So it's not Airbud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ask if this was like a popular movie when it came out, or if it was like I don't Ooh. know. I don't know if that would help us sort of round down a little bit better. Or... I also don't know if you would say yes or no to that. Mm. Oh, we can ask if it won an award. Yeah, there we go. Hey, uh, Chris. <laughs> this, uh, you know, by chance, did this film happen to win any awards? Yes. Oh. 
There we go. You can ask if it's a, a male or female lead. Ah, nice. Yes, yes, please. Since then, are there any major films with non-binary leads? I feel like that's not a thing yet. Anyway, mm. uh, that was not a question to you, Chris. <laughs> 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 um, uh, does this film have a female lead? <laughs> yes, but I don't want to lead you down the the wrong road thinking that like there's like just like the you know a female lead. Okay. Okay. All right. So there's that a means... female main character, but not the only that main means character. There's also a male main character. Can you you write that down well? Oh, now I'm wondering if it's also a romance. <laughs> hey. <It's Hollywood>. <laughs> <laughs> I know this might be a throwaway question, so we don't have to ask it, but part of me kind of wants to know if there's a robot. <laughs> so smart. I know this I love is not it. Go for it. All right. Sweet. Yo, Chris, robot in this movie or not? No. That's oh, Dan. man. Stupid movie. <laughs> uh, I want to ask if it has a dance scene, I think. Do it. All right. Does this movie have a dance scene? No. No. Okay. For some reason, I'm wondering if it's Baby Driver, but that's not a guess to you, Chris. That's just a... <laughs> You want to ask if there's a car chase? (laughs) (laughs) That's another trope. So, yeah, might as well. Sweet. Is there a car chase in this film? No. Okay. So, it's not. All right. Um, Should we ask if it's a superhero film? Oh, uh, yes. We should have asked that sooner. Uh, Chris. You heard what we just asked. <laughs> it is not a superhero film. Oh, man. That does eliminate a lot, though. It does. Yeah. It's helpful. That superhero didn't or it did win an award. Oh, should we ask if it's animated? I was going to say either animated or based on like a true story, maybe. Uh, is it animated, Chris? It's not. Mm. Okay. Can I ask my... Uh, about yeah. the true story thing Go ahead. <laughs> is it based or inspired by <laughs> if those are in the same boat perhaps <laughs> on a true yeah. story it is not that's 15 uh, okay. Damn it. okay would it be helpful or not helpful to ask whether the antagonist of the film is a family member <laughs> um I don't know if that would really do anything. I don't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if that's not specific enough. <laughs> Part of me wants to ask if it's like, like figure out what the other genre is. Like ask if mm. it's like horror or sci-fi or. We could do that. Do you have a particular genre that you would like to? I kind of want to ask horror because I feel like it's not, it doesn't have a lot of sci-fi tropes from what we've asked about oh. so far. Well. But it's actiony, and I feel like it's that's got to be combined with either sci-fi or mm-hmm. horror or thriller, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm now I'm questioning it. Ask if maybe there's a spy or a, I don't know, spy or assassin would be relevant. I, oh, I'm feeling I, John I can ask Wick if there's a gunfight. Hey, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Is <laughs> is there a gunfight, Chris? Yes. Okay. Noise. That helps. 
it's an American film. Of course, it's going to be guns. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any ideas of like what film it could be? I wish we had a way to like figure out what the director was. Well, who the director was, sorry, not what. <laughs> <laughs> the director was, in fact, a person. Um, <laughs> not a dog. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and we just found that there were no dogs that were physically or no animals that were physically in the movie um, <laughs> you uh, quite asked that you asked that they were main character but are featured oh, prominently what <laughs> yeah trust me like it's not a trick question don't don't overthink that like <laughs> the answer is definitely no but like <laughs> But to be to, uh, I was gonna say, but to clarify, your question was <laughs> gunfight. We know it's not a historical film if there's a gunfight. It's not super historical. Can I ask if it's funny? Yeah, go for it. Is it funny, Chris? There are clearly defined like moments of humor in this film. Yes, but again, I would not define it as a comedy. Per okay. se. Okay. But clear moments of humor. Two more in a guess, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking, Will? Be helpful if you guys did a recap, maybe hearing everything together. Yeah, you, you, should to... re- you, should re- uh, you should recap us, Chris. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, it's set on Earth, released after 1990. It has elements of action and humor. There are no prominent animal characters. There is at least a female and male lead. Um, what else did you ask about? There are gunfights, no dancing, no no car chase. Yep. It did win an award, whatever that award may be. Yep. It's an award-winning film for sure. At least one. Not based on a true story. Not based on a true story. There you go. From sometime in the last 30 years. (laughs) Yeah, the problem I have is that I really want to like somehow figure out if this is like a Tarantino movie because that feels like something Chris would go for. But at the same point, I don't want to pigeonhole myself into that because that wouldn't always be the case. So trying to think of a Tarantino movie that wouldn't have a car chase. (laughs) Uh Glorious Bastards, maybe? I was going to say, with gunfights, I mean, like... <laughs> a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not the hard part. The hard part is yeah. that there's, like, there's no dancing, so that rules out Pulp Fiction. Um, uh... No no car traces, which I haven't seen a ton of Tarantino films, so I feel like that would be in a lot of them. I was feeling Hateful Eight would have been... I don't know. But that's... Possibly. Yeah, Should we just ask it, if it's a Tarantino film? I don't. I don't feel like it's strong enough to like. Oh man, this is hard because it's like one of those moments in like the game show where you're like, you should do it, and I'm like, but I don't want to do it. But <laughs> I, I want to do it. It's your guess, so it's true. You, you get to might pick. as well. Might as well throw it. You know, try it out and see what happens. All right, I'm gonna do it, Chris. Is this a Tarantino movie? Yes. <gasps> Shut the fuck You're up. Genius. <laughs> yeah, one more question and a guess. May, I'm so glad that you that you uh, encouraged me to ask. I'm just the devil on your shoulder, all right? 
Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Little Quentin on your shoulder. All right. Um, <laughs> uh what okay what should we ask to narrow down and like be sure okay. which movie it is um right. what so are I what agree. are the contenders that fit our criteria i'm relying on you here i've only seen pulp fiction i was thinking hateful eight because of doug Carchet's um yeah. knowledge base is very skewed slash non-existent um <laughs> i've i've only seen clips but am i am i wrong thinking glorious bastards would also fit i think you're yeah I, i'm tempted because what was it christoph waltz who won an award for his performance i feel like that's gotta be and so, it's not but is it would we because i know it's it's alternate history so yeah. it's not based but it kind of is based on something i feel like it's sort of like loosely based on actual stuff just not like how it actually happened but i but not like an actual true story are there are <laughs> there any other movies from tarantino that would fit those are two maybes it's probably hateful eight i just want to like definitively rule out anything else yeah with our last question i don't feel like kill bill well, so we had two. We need to have like a, a male and a female lead, right? Yeah. So, uh, is there I a male the, lead in oh, Kill Bill? I wouldn't say so. Okay. Then again, it's it's been a while since I've watched. My I thought it was just Uma Thurman. Wow. There's also Kill Bill Volume Two. True. Man, this is rough only because of the fact that it's like he's only made so many so many movies. That it's almost it's it's painful. It's like, man, I need to brush up on my Tarantino. Um, May truthfully, I I feel like your um, perception with the correct questions to ask has been higher than mine. So you've mentioned <laughs> Inglorious Bastards twice. I'm tempted to just ask if this movie has Nazis in it. <laughs> that yeah, that would probably <laughs> specific. I feel like yeah um oh and what's uh what's the wild west one he did uh the hateful eight the oh, that was hateful eight yeah the one with leonardo dicaprio oh are you thinking about um mm -hmm. you're thinking about django unchained yeah that one does that fit well there's no car chase <laughs> that's why i was thinking fight. about it <laughs> You could ask, does this film have Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio in it? And that would it give you at least two of his movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Does, does it have historically bad people, maybe? <laughs> the question to <laughs> that would round it down to, yeah. Is, is the villain racism? <laughs> <laughs> so he's either a Nazi or he's a Southern plantation owner. <laughs> <laughs> does that work as a question yeah it would work for me and i would feel like that would round it down to one of two films yeah okay uh chris is the villain uh racism I, abstractly sure like... <laughs> there is a there's a clearly defined villain um not name racism but racism is the core at the core of the villainy <laughs> now you have a guess. <laughs> uh, 
See, I'm regretting that question. <laughs> Should have asked if there were Nazis, man. That would. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God. May truthfully, I um I have faith in you. So if you if you if you want to go with Inglorious Bastards, I will support that. I decision. haven't seen the movie. I was just trying to think. <laughs> you guessed the right movie without seeing it before, though. So I mean. Uh, I, I think you should, I think you should have the guess. Well, I, you, you've actually seen these movies. I've only seen one of them and it's the one that we eliminated because it has a dancing scene. All right. Um, for better or worse, Chris, I'm going to ask you, was the film Inglorious Bastards? It is indeed. Inglourious nice. Bastards. Yes. Way to go. You <laughs> Uh, just to make you both feel better, Christoph Waltz won an award for both of these films for Best Supporting Actor. So that wouldn't have helped you um, at all. Oh, wow. And indeed, it fit all the clues fit the bills for either one of this. So this was going to be a 50-50 shot in the dark. So well done on your first nice. try at that. Nice. that Cheers. Good job, impressive. Will. Hey, no, like uh, you, you're kind to say that, but hands down, uh, you your perception was what got us through. So. <laughs> That's all you. That's all it's you. It's just, made. it's just luck, you know. I got, I got those luck rolls now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, playing right. a halfling, you get, you get double, double rolls. Apparently, we, we had um, D D last night. So yeah, noise. <laughs> um. Also, shame on you, May, for like not having seen like any. I mean, I, I get it. Yeah. Like you know, there's a lot of stuff to watch, but none of his other movies. Like, oh. Gotta, I'm waiting for the that. day you guys are no longer surprised by what I haven't seen because it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's an astounding list. <laughs> I feel the like the bulk thing... of those movies you would enjoy. Um, mm. good. Especially Anglorious Bastards. Like, oh, yeah. has one of my favorite openings like of all time. Like, I could watch it over and over again. Just a great five minutes. No, I want to. It's just like, I, I don't know. It's hard to make yourself watch maybe by yourself, like with friends. It's like, oh, yeah, let's put a movie on. But yeah. Speak for yourself, girl. I'm like, <laughs> oh, very <laughs> into the sleep time. Time to rewatch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well done, both of you. Seriously, like I, I like doing the collaborative <laughs> games sometimes over the competitive. It's fun to put our, our heads together. But I'm uh, very Same impressed work. that you got from like. Yeah. I think like 15 guesses down and then like really started to hone in on it. So, all right, uh, let's see what we're going to watch next and then we can get out of here. And I mean, I think go. Will had the biggest tail Mary with the Tarantino question. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. You should buy a lot of tickets though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if I went, I split it with you. I believe this is going to be a screen quest first here. I got to double oh. check if we've done one of these. We haven't. Um, so this is going to be a milk or wine. It is a May pick. The nice. film is Roman Holiday. So oh. milk or wine, as a reminder, because it's been a long time since we've said those words on this podcast, is where we will attempt to assess if a film has aged like milk or wine so age well or not basically why did you nominate this particular film like briefly may and then yeah we'll, we'll so it, i've seen a couple uh, sorry I, i've seen a couple audrey hepburn films this was i think the second one i saw um and i remember like liking it more than i thought i would like a black and white movie as a teenager 
and I haven't seen it since I was a teen and I'm curious like how I'd feel about it now and like I mostly watched it because my parents are like oh this is a great movie you got to see it <laughs> this will be a first time watch for me so I'm always excited nice. when we we have like a um, an unknown like film in there and having sort of this perspective to go into it with is, is going to be great have you seen it Will? I have not, but apparently, is that Cary Grant? Is that who I see on here? I think mm-hmm. so. What? Yeah, I'm sure my mom would be all about this film. <laughs> <laughs> so she is a big Cary Grant fan. Um, but yeah, I have not seen it. Uh, or if I have, it's been so long, I don't remember it. So I am looking forward to checking this out. Fabulous. Well, See, hey, now, there you have now it. I picked a film I'm shocked you guys haven't seen. Boom. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Touche. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thanks for watching. As always, we appreciate your support. Please like, share, and subscribe to the show. Uh, remember, you can find us on Twitter at ScreenQuestPod. And we will continue to include that link. Um, Submission slowed down. Come on. I know some of you guys out there are going to want to like nominate a film even if you don't want to be on the episode that's okay just indicate that throw us a suggestion and the category in which you would like to nominate the film and we will throw it into the pile at a later date but until next time thank you again for watching and uh, we love you we'll see you next week and please be our neighbor bye guys